thank you for worshiping. I just, um, let me just share with you really quickly, and I just want to share something that's on my heart, but just always making sure people are connected. It's so important. As a pastoral staff, we went to a, a counseling center. They were just, just wanted to encourage pastors and the realities of COVID. And there's a lot going on because of it. And I just want you to know, we want to be connected with you. We want to get to know you. If you don't, if you're reaching out, we're here. We want to reach back to you. So fill out a, a connect card online or here. Let us know you're new. We'll be sure to give you a $5 Starbucks card and letting us know your information. And we'll, we'll connect with you. Again, thank you for being faithful in your giving. Uh, I know you guys are being faithful. And I'm appreciative of that. I don't know individual giving, but I know overall as a church, you are being faithful in your giving. So continue to give. You have giving boxes in back. Online, you can click the giving button. And your giving allows us to have programs like Grief Share. And I mentioned it to you last week. Just want to remind you again with all that's happening, people need people. And so there's these invite cards out by the coffee station. Take a few. Never know who you're going to run into. Never know who you're going to talk to and what they might share with you. And you'll be ready to say, hey, we have a, a support group if you're dealing with any, any type of grief. It just doesn't have to be death. It could be any type of grief that people can come and, and support one another. And so with that in mind, it just, I just wanted to kind of share, my heart has been burdened. Uh, my brother actually lives in Berwyn, and so he was telling me about this story. And then I read it on the news of a of a 14-year-old girl who was walking up to her mother, uh, who was a cashier, and according to the story, she was asking her mother how much a bottle of water cost. Well, there was a gentleman in line who thought she was cutting, and an argument broke out, and this older gentleman began to punch a 14-year-old girl. So obviously the mother tried stopping that. Then she was being attacked. Finally, an innocent a bystander, another gentleman who noticed what was obviously happening, gets in between them. And according to the story, he, he, the man who was causing the, the pain and punching began to leave but decided to come back. And he had a knife and killed the man, the good Samaritan, killed him on his way out of the grocery store. Somebody else tried stopping him. He stabbed that person, did not kill that person. Eventually, the police found him sitting in somebody's backyard. That tugs at my heart this morning for a lot of reasons. Let me just say this. In a moment, and I'm appreciative of our worship team and Tara and Jeremy and leading us in worship, and, and just that moment, I don't know if I was obviously thinking about a lot of things, but I was like, Lord, would you fill me up? What do you do? I've told this to Tara many times because we obviously go to parks a lot with Alexandra. And, I, and her instinct when she sees little boys being little boys, and not just little boys, but like being rude, swearing out loud, or ready to hurt someone. I'm like, Tara, back in the day, you could, an adult could walk up to them and say, hey, you stop that. And we, us kids would be like, yes, ma'am. Now you don't know what those little boys are going to do to you. And we have a little girl. But something has to be done, right? And I, by no means am I advocating, you know, let's rise up and, um, you know, start learning karate. But, but I told Tara, and, I'm not, and I wasn't kidding, I said, I, 
preparing my mind because we live in this world. I want my first reaction to be just to begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray with the power of God. What would you do? You're putting your life on the line. And I'm not telling anybody what to do other than what I would tell you to do is begin to pray. Begin to pray out loud. Begin to call upon God. And and my heart's burdened this morning. So in a moment like this, you know, where we're being silent, what I'm thinking is, Lord, just fill me up because there are hurting people out there and we need to be poured out so that these people can be helped. And and I, I saw the uh, internet uh, news article, and the and the pay, uh, the picture of this man who killed somebody was on there. You can see the brokenness in his eyes. And sure enough, this was the WGN website. And there was another man who was arrested for for killing somebody. And you could see the brokenness in his eyes. We are surrounded by broken people. And we need to be filled up with the presence and power of God. We need to draw near to God so He can draw near to us. We need to remain in Him so that He remains in us so that we can bear much fruit. Because there are hurting people out there. What causes a man to get so mad that somebody's cutting in line that he's willing to kill somebody? What goes on inside somebody's heart and soul? It wasn't that that woman was, that little girl was cutting. It was that somebody had hurt that man before and had hurt somebody else that hurt him and somebody else that hurt him. And as a little boy, he was hurt and things were piling and piling and piling. And finally, somebody cuts in line and he loses it. That's all it took was somebody cutting in line for him to lose it. People are on edge. People are ready to hurt somebody. People are hurting people hurt people. And there is a lot of hurting people. And I'm thankful that you're here today to receive from God, to be filled with His presence, to be filled with hope, to be filled with power this morning. And uh, I think this goes along with my message. uh, The message I prepared, you know, some of my... My thoughts in preparing this message was about what Jesus didn't do and what he didn't say. As we go through this series of Jesus, our teacher, obviously we're talking about his words and his actions. But then I was, I was reading the story of John the Baptist and I thought, oh, well, this is interesting because Jesus wasn't saying anything. He didn't do anything. And I think he was teaching us, our teacher was teaching us something. And it was about sometimes being silent. And I'm going to get to my point in just a moment, but just for a moment, this is kind of my introduction about my thought here. Let me share these two scripture verses with you. Proverbs 17.28 says, Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. And then you know that famous Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, there's a time for everything. And obviously verse 7 says, there is a time to be silent. And there's a time to speak. And, you know, there's so much going on, and there's, there's so much happening. So much needs to be said, right? There, there need, there's a lot that needs to be said. But can I tell you, in a moment when the worship team is just saying, and they were encouraging you to worship, but maybe some of you were just being silent and 
receiving. And I think in a moment like this, that man who was murdered had a family. I want us to have a moment of silence for his family. And I want you to begin to think about this man whose life was taken. Let's just let's have a moment of silence and just think. that done before, and I think it's so appropriate. I've never really thought about it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I'm a sports fan, and I've been at sports activities where they say, let's have a moment of silence. I never really thought about the importance. I, I kind of took it as just a moment of respect, and that's true. But just to think, what's going on? To think about this woman who's lost her husband, the children who lost their father. Just think for a minute. I'll just say to kind of stop sometimes and say, what is going on? And, Lord, and the most important part, obviously, to that to me is, Lord, speak. What can I do? And sometimes we just need to be silent and just say, God, would you speak to our hearts? One of my uh, favorite stories of provision in my life was a moment where my mom did nothing for me. Now, I love my mother. And she's a wonderful, loving, caring mother, but this story was about her doing nothing for me. I remember this one time I was in the Bible school and I had a brand new car, a little Nissan Sentra, but it was new to me with a brand new car payment. And I was making $4.25 an hour, back in 95, and working on campus, and I paid my tithe and I gave to missions. But this one particular month, I did not have enough money for my car payment. So for a few hours, I, I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it hit me. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my mother. And once she finds out what her baby is going through, I'm the youngest of my family. And, she, and so she is going to just be my answer. This is going to be all taken care of. So I, get, I pick up uh, my, the phone and I call my mom. I tell her what's happening. And she says, I'm going to pray for you. I got off the phone and I said, wait, what just happened? Doesn't she know the car company does not accept prayer as payment? Is this something, you know, what did I do to deserve this? Had I not called her in a while? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I didn't call her in a while. Now I'm calling because I needed something. And she's like, well, I'm going to show you <laughs> to call me out of for no reason or for something that you need. I needed you to call me. I don't know what it was. I'm going to see her today, so maybe I'll need to ask her. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to lose my car. That's it. I, I, this is the way it is. I, I, have, I have no other options. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, I want you to share this need with your friends because that night you were having dorm devotions. And I'm like, no, 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 no. God, this is the guy's dorm. I was actually a junior, and I had transferred over, but they put me in a freshman dorm. And so I was a junior, and these guys, all these guys were freshmen. I'm like, how am I going to look this junior in, in Bible college to these, these new freshmen? And I'm saying, I don't have many guys to be praying. You know, what's that going to look like? And finally I said, okay, fine, God, I'll do it. 
gospel. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, ask them to pray for me. So sure enough, devotions ended, time for prayer. And I said, hey, I got this need. Would you guys just, just pray for me? And they prayed for me. And it was done and over with. And I walked out of the, uh, the dorm room where we were having devotions. And one of my close friends said, hey, Sid, I need you to come to my room. Okay, so I went into his room, and sure enough, he handed me, you know, some money in my hand. I didn't know how much it was. We prayed together. I thanked him. And I'm walking out of his room, and this other guy that I've never really had a long conversation with says, Hey, Sid, I need you to come to my room. And I said, Okay. So I put that into my pocket because I, you know, he literally stopped me. And I'm walking into his room. He said, Hey, God spoke to me, and he said, i got to give this to you. And he hands me some money, and I, I thanked him. And then I walked out of my his room, and I walked into my room, and I pulled it out, and it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I love that story, and the moral of the story is to not do nothing for your kids. So all the young kids here were like, why are you telling this story? My parents are never going to give me money. They're going to be like, didn't you hear Pastor Sid's story? Let God provide. <laughs> oh, man. The moral of the story is to not not do anything uh, for your children. The moral of your story is that we should be praying because in my God-fearing, loving mother, something inside of her said, don't give the money. My parents had the money. They, they, she could have sent it like that. They had the money. But something inside of her says, don't do anything. And as a parent who's ready to, Alexander, what do you need? And how many do you want of those? And, and what colors do you want? You know, what, do, what else do you want? That's all that you want? You know, that's, that's us, these young people that are, well, we're not young. These older people that waited so long to have kids were like ready to bless their child. But she's, I'll never forget that lesson. That sometimes as a parent, your silence can teach your kids something. And we need to pray and we need to ask God, God, would you show me? Help me to know when I should help my kids. And maybe, God, maybe there's something I shouldn't do. And I, I am the first one to always be thinking to myself, well, does Alexandra really need this now? I have no problem telling her no. And for the sole reason of reminding myself she needs to learn, number one, she's not going to always get her way. And number two, God is her Savior, not me. I'm just always thinking that. And so silence, sometimes doing nothing and sometimes not saying anything is what God is causing us to do. So I want us to go to that story in Mark chapter 1. I want to read this to you, and then I'm going to, you know, give you a few points here. Uh, but let me read this story to you, uh, this portion of uh, the gospel, actually. This portion of Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 says, This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned God to be forgiven. And when I read that, that portion of Scripture again and studying the Gospels, because obviously I took time to restudy the Gospels as I was preparing this, this series, as I read this particular story again, it just hit me, and I found it interesting that the opening statement says that this was the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is about Jesus. 
And yet, the very first thing that we hear about is a man not named Jesus. We hear about John the Baptist. And it just struck me interesting that, it's, for instance, think of it in these terms. Last year, you, you brought me on as your lead pastor. Think about it if I said to you, I wrote the leadership council says, thank you for voting me in. I'm sending another pastor to you, and he's going to preach for a few months. He's very charismatic. You guys are going to really love him. You're probably going to even want to follow him. He's just really good. Would that have been strange? Okay, good. I'm glad you think that's strange, uh, because I'd be worried if you thought, no, I wouldn't be worried. But I think at first that would be strange. But that is exactly what Jesus was doing here. He was sending somebody to prepare the way. And I just, it, that thought of Jesus not saying anything, of not doing anything, obviously as becoming your lead pastor, I had a lot to say, a lot that I wanted to say. I'm like, okay, let's, let me start saying things. Let me start doing things. Let me start showing you that I'm a leader. And Jesus, when he began his ministry, he said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to send somebody else. And I believe Jesus was teaching us some things, and I just want to share with you those insights that I believe he wanted to, to share with us. So when you think about John the Baptist, it clearly stated that John was preparing the way for Jesus. So then, like I've been encouraging you to do, you have to ask questions when you're studying the Word of God. Why? So I started asking myself, why did John have to prepare the way for Jesus? Did, did Jesus really need John the Baptist? After all, he was the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And by him all things were created. So why in the world did the creator of the universe need somebody prepare the way for him. God was all-powerful. Jesus was all-knowing. He knew the best way to prepare the road. Why would he send John? And then it hit me this morning, and I want to declare to you, because when you take that thought and you keep going with that thought process, then you have to bring it to me and to you today. Does God really need me to stand here and preach to you? Do you really need to open up your mouth and testify to other people? Do you need to share your testimony with other people? Does God really need you to do that? And the answer is, no. God doesn't need you to do that, but he has chosen you to do that. Jesus didn't need John the Baptist, but God chose John the Baptist. And what a thought to start your day. What a thought to wake up to, that every day I wake up, God doesn't need me, but he chose me. He's picking me. I was one of the kids that got picked last at recess, but Jesus is saying, I'm picking you first, and God is choosing you. I can declare to you today that you are chosen by God. God is choosing you. He's picking you. And I'm like, well, God, wait a minute. Don't you know I was born on the wrong side of town? Don't you know that I was on the bench of my baseball team with my coach and the scorekeeper and some ants and a lot of dust? I was the only kid on there. Thank goodness we had a scorekeeper because I would have probably most of the time the coach was standing. I'm like, God, I, I don't know how to fix a car. I don't play an instrument. I don't draw. I still have to ask Tara, how much garlic and salt go into chicken tacos again after she's told me a hundred times? 
is you can throw out all my inabilities and you can throw out all of my shortcomings and you can throw them all out of the window because the God of the universe has chosen me. And I can tell you today, you may feel like me some days and, and when you wake up and like, why does anybody want to listen to me? Why does anybody want to look at me? Oh, I don't, I'm not doing much today. I'm just a blue collar worker or I'm just this person or this is all I have. But I can tell you today that the God of the universe has chosen you, and He's chosen you, and He's chosen you to be His messenger. God has chosen you today, and He wants to use you. You are chosen by God. I'm so grateful this morning that the Word of God declares in Revelation chapter 3 that Jesus stands at the door of your heart, and He's knocking He's knocking at your door and he's choosing you. And he's like, I want to come in. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have relationship with you. What a privilege that he wants to, he wants us in his presence. He wants that. I don't have any other important person in the United States calling me to do that. Pastor Mark, he's pretty important. He'll call me every once in a while. Hey, you want to go, you want to go hang out? That's pretty cool. But man, I mean. Other than Pastor Mark, I don't, I don't know. Nobody's really calling me to hang out. But the God of the universe is calling me every day. The Savior of the world is calling out to me every morning. He's saying, I want to spend time with you. What a thought. I hope you, I hope you take that thought and, and you use it this morning. One of the best pictures that we didn't talk about during Easter, I love it, is that portion of Scripture in Matthew. When Jesus said, it is finished and he died, the Bible says at that moment, the curtain to the temple, the, there was a curtain in the temple that kept people from the, God, the presence of God. There was this tall curtain and nobody could go behind there except the priest and only could go there once a year. And it was the presence of God behind there. And when Jesus said it is finished, the Bible says specifically that that temple curtain was torn down the middle from the top to bottom, signifying that it was God who tore down that curtain so that he can come into your life, so that he can come into your trials, so that he can come into your problems, so that he can come into your doubts, so that he can come into your, your successes, so that he can come into your victories, so you would know it's not all about you, but it's all. About Jesus. It's all about Him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you today, just like John the Baptist, you are chosen by God to build His kingdom. You are chosen by God to build His kingdom. Now, I don't want anybody here to go quit your job tomorrow or stop your business tomorrow. But I also don't want anybody in here to forget your most important job. Your most important job on this planet is to share the light of Jesus, the love of Jesus. I already shared in the very beginning, there is a hurting world out there. You have the answers. Think of how many Christians that man came across in his life. He's living in, in Berwyn, Illinois. I guarantee you he walked by several Christians. May God, may you be so in tune to the Lord and may you be in his word and prayer every day so that you can have those moments where you're walking by and God says, hey, say hi to that person. And wherever that goes again, smile again. I can tell you, uh, I, you know, Tara's parents live in Atlanta, Georgia. I love going down there. One main reason is because when we walk around there, everybody says hi to each other. And I've got to beat myself up because I got back into the Illinois mode where you don't say hi to anybody. You're like, you're you know, you keep walking and you're like, don't say hi to them. They're going to think you're weird. 
it's like, hey, let's start it here, right? Let's start saying hi to people. Let's start smiling again. God, use us because God has chosen you to build this kingdom. And again, you can serve here. You can serve in our kids' ministry here. You can serve as a security person here. You can serve here. God wants to use you. You can talk to Terry Borders, and you can learn all the stuff that you can serve in the community of Lamont. And I'm so appreciative that when she tells us what's going on, and we share it with you. Be ready to serve. Now, I want to give you one more uh, practical application as, as I was thinking about this. So you're, you're chosen by God. You're chosen to build His kingdom. But let me just give you one more thought, and that is that we need to learn to defer to one another. Let me explain that. We, we must learn to defer to one another. When I do premarital counseling, I spend some time with the couple, and one of the things I do with them, just one of them, I do a lot, I do this, this wonderful worksheet. And uh, so anyway, I, I do this part of it, and I say, I want you to write down your strengths and your weaknesses of your future spouse. And they do that. And when I begin to talk to them about that, I say to them, one of the reasons why I want you to understand their strengths and their weaknesses, and I want you to understand your strengths and your weakness, is because I want you to learn in your marriage that there's going to be times where you're both going to have the different ideas about the same issue. And in that moment, somebody's going to have to defer to the other person. And I want to encourage you as a general rule, not as a permanent rule or a rule that applies to every situation, but as a general rule, it's always good to defer to somebody in their strength. So for Tara and I, my strength, I can deal with budgets and money, uh, and uh, she defers to me in that. She's great at hospitality and cooking, so I defer to her in that area. I don't tell her what to do in the kitchen. And so we defer to each other because I know her strength, she knows mine, I know my weakness, and she knows hers. Now, with that being said, let's keep balance because I can tell you this, I include her on, on the budget, which she calls bondage. I said, no, it's not bondage. It's, stay with me, budget, bondage. No, no, budget. She's still working on that word. She gets those words confused. But I include her on that. I'm like, here's, this is what I think our budget should be. She looks at it. Or when we talk about big purchases, obviously, you know, her, her approval and her feeling good about that is very important to me. So deferment doesn't mean I rule. Deferment it means I lead according to God's plan. We need to learn to defer to one another. We need to learn to look at, and, and going back to the story, again, somebody cutting in line brings out the worst in somebody. And it's happening. I'm sure that's a story you've all have seen. I, I, not the end result, but you've seen people get mad. Maybe you've been the person that got mad. Oh, are you kidding me? And that's happened before. And, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> they're in a rush. They need to go. I mean, we've been in that target line where it's a self-checkout, so you're kind of over here, so there's a space here. <laughs> And so we're like keeping our space, and other people are like, oh, they're being kind, <laughs> and they take our, and they move right there. I'm like, okay, hey, let's start deferring to one another. Now, you have a little card uh, by you, uh, and uh, it has a scripture verse, and let me share the scripture with you. Luke 9.23 says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Now, you can use this card as a memory verse. I uh, carry cards in my pocket all the time because they're memory verse cards. I want to constantly memorize verses from the Bible. 
I can tell you this, my greatest growth and my greatest spiritual growth was back in, began back in 1999 when I began uh, consistently memorizing Scripture. I used to memorize Scripture as a kid off and on, but it wasn't until 1999 where I started doing it consistently. So you could use this as a Scripture memory card. But the other thing you can maybe have fun with is you'll notice on there, I think uh, the phrase says, uh, you decide, right? Is that what you decided, Tara? I'll let you decide. So what if you can start doing this in your family? Uh, today you can start it. You know, I, this happens all the time. I'm, I want this for lunch. Tara may want that for lunch. And I'm going to have the card. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to let you decide. I'm going to defer to you. Friday night activity. Somebody wants to do this. I want to do that. Then she can give me the card back and say, you know what? I'm going to let you decide. And here's the thing, right? You've seen this done before. There's those big campaigns. Remember, pass it on. The billboards about passing things on. Or paying it forward. I used to love those commercials where one guy would hold the door open and so the person that walks in there buys coffee for the next person and then that person helps somebody cross the street and then that person helps somebody else plant flowers and all these people are helping each other all because somebody held the door open. Can you imagine what you would start by just deferring to other people? Could you imagine what kind of revival? We all want revival. I want revival. Absolutely. And when I was a young minister, I used to think revival was just here, like literally here at the altar, like this is where it happened. And I'm like, the older I get, I'm like, no, that, yes, but yes and yes out there. Revival can just be somebody holding the door open. And you start a revival of deferment. You start a revival of love. You start a revival of kindness. You start a revival of thinking of others better than yourself. I'm going to let somebody else go. I'm going to let somebody else in. Let's start deferring to one another. Why? Because Jesus did it for us. Jesus said, you know what? I want you to have this place of honor. I want you to sit right here in God's presence, and I'll take the place. I want you to come, and I want you to behold the beauty of God, and I want you to be filled with His presence. I want you to receive in your hands His goodness, and I'll take in my hands the nails, and I'll take upon my head the crown of thorns. I want you to know that God loves you and God cares for you. I want you to experience the glory of heaven on a cross and take on the ridicule and the pain and, the, and, and all the negativity and, and, and all the mockery that they had to offer. I'll take that. Jesus deferred to us. How can we not live a life of deferment? I'm going to invite the band to come back at this time. I want God to speak to our hearts. I want you to be challenged this morning. I want us, as always, to go out of this place as light of the earth and salt of the earth. I want people to say, wow, look at that person. They just held the door open. I'm going to do something for somebody else. I want people to notice you. I want, not for the sake of noticing you, but the Savior who lives inside of you. The God and the, His love that is filling your heart this morning as we worship Him and honor Him with our praises. It's the Spirit of God filling us. And I want it to be poured out all around Lamont, all around Cook County and Will County. I want it to spread all around. Would you stand with me this morning?
Father, as we begin to worship you again, I pray that you will speak to our hearts and lives. I thank you for those online. Oh, Lord, may they receive from you. May they know your goodness and mercy today. May they know your presence and power. May they just receive from you this morning. Let them receive from you. Let them receive your love so that we can make a difference in our world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 